Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode, season 17, episode 4. Hi, Aid. How are you feeling? I'm good. How are you? I'm exhausted, Aid. I switched places with you. You've been home, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving again next week. But uh, yes, I've been home. Yeah. So. But you have not been. Where have you been, Tane? I have been at BravoCon. And I know it sounds like it's nothing, but listen, guys, I was hitting my steps. I was hitting over 12,000 every day. I was walking. I was standing up. It was a lot of fun, but it was so exhausting. And then I'm getting on a plane again tomorrow. So I don't know why I'm doing this to myself, but yeah, but fun times, good times, still grateful. Yeah. Um, so you're going to tell us a little bit about BravoCon later. Okay. But before we do that, you are going to share some housekeeping. So we were on Reality Life with Kate Casey. Um, we were there talking about the Real, Wife, Real Housewives of Potomac, which was perfect because Tane just got back from BravoCon. So, so you guys should go check us out on Kate Casey's podcast. And also just a little shout out to Eliza. Um she has been a huge supporter of this podcast from when we first started, and we truly appreciate. We remember when we were looking for episodes, and there was a recommendation for House Hunters, and she looked up episodes for us and got us episodes. She recommended us to Kate Casey, and she reached out to us, and it's just such a nice thing, and we really do appreciate it. So we just wanted to give a little shout out to Eliza. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Eliza. Because Kate Casey is the biggest podcast we've ever been on. <laughs> and it, <laughs> I had like a, an old friend message me today being like, oh my gosh, you were on Kate Casey. I was like, yes, we were. Yes, we were. <laughs> and I know we've mentioned this before, but the first, I, I mean, Aiden and I had met, but we didn't know we had met. But when we officially recognized that we had met was through Kate Casey's Facebook, Facebook group chat. We've both since left Facebook a long time ago. But yeah, we that was how we reconnected, so to speak. So it's like serendipity. It really is. There would be no altar call without the KKC Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And we did tell her that. she, So she knows now that she's, you know, the godmother of altar call. <laughs> <laughs> so because, you know, we're here, there, and everywhere... Next week's episode will be another um, later one. So that episode will just be coming a little bit later than our normal schedule. We are very curious to see if there will be a new episode on the Wednesday of Thanksgiving week. If there is, we will have an episode on time. If there is not, we'll just wait and see. Yeah. And as per usual on Patreon, we will be covering After Party every week. So go check it out on Patreon. So with that all done, tame. Give us the skinny on BravoCon. 
<laughs> oh, I'm glad you used the word skinny because that's pretty much what all the housewives, I, they were pretty much non-existent. Like I ran into Amy Phillips and then got interviewed for her podcast. And it was funny how we joked about most of them. It should The BravoCon should have been sponsored by Ozempic because I could not recognize half the people like, oh my God, like, yes, they, you know how people say the camera adds 10 pounds, but this was like crazy. And it was something to see in person, especially people we'd seen recently in reunions. And then you see them and they're even smaller than what you saw on TV. It was kind of crazy. You know, I will say this. Garcelle is not on any Ozempic. No. And I appreciate that. I love Garcelle. I love, I'm the only person who even likes Garcelle's fashions. I know I'm alone. (laughs) But I, she's, I mean, Garcelle is a small woman by any measure of the imagination, but she's not Ozempic skinny. No, I um, posted a picture of her because she was out in the crowd and I got a lot of DMs because I said, I captioned it, this is one of her better looks. And I just got a lot of people responding saying, "Mm, no, why can't she do better? Why can't she try? And I'm like, oh my God, I thought this was one of her better looks, but apparently not. But speaking of her being on there, like um, this year, I will say was better than last year. I think they worked out the kinks of last year where it was a bigger venue, there were less lines, and the lines were moving. Like we said on last year's recap of BravoCon, if you can afford it, the VIP is the way to go. It's just better seats all the way forward, and it's just, you know, less lines, and you they, apparently there was like a VIP lounge where you could just go in and you can meet some of the Bravo Lebs on there, but I cannot justify the cost. I'm sorry. I just... I. I already think the general admission is a lot. I don't think I could do the um, VIP. So I did general admission and it was just, you just have to sit behind. Last year, if the VIP seats didn't fill up, we could move forward and move up some seats. This year it was a hard no. There were just empty seats just lined up out there and they would not let anyone move forward. They kept saying like VIP is going to come later. I'm like, if we're 10 minutes into the show, they're not coming. But what I didn't like was like for something like Married to Medicine, there were a lot of empty seats. Again, the rooms were bigger and they wouldn't let us move forward. And it just seemed like they made it seem like no one wanted to be there because at some point someone in the Q&A was like, Married to Medicine is an underrated show and Quad lost it and was like, yeah, why are we underrated? Like, why does everybody keep saying that? Yada, yada, yada. And then they wouldn't let us move forward. But then when we were in Real Housewives of New Jersey, It was empty also, but they let us move forward where it felt like the room was filled up. And I wasn't happy about that. Didn't like that. I don't want them to feel like they're not getting support because we're rocking with them heavy. So, yeah, that's not cool. Um, And it also makes no sense because some of these things are going to be posted like on Peacock. You want to have people in the crowd. It it needs to look full. It makes no sense to have a whole section of empty people. Then another section of people who actually want to be there. Like, just move everybody forward. Yeah. I mean, people can, uh, would ask me, like, why are there so many empty seats? It doesn't look like it's full. I'm like, I don't even know how to answer that. Um, I think the panels were weaker this year. And that's because the moderators were given pre-approved questions. And a lot of them kept mentioning they couldn't go off script because someone would say something. And I'm like, where's the follow-up question? For example, like Dubai... Lisa Milan kept alluding to the fact that 
there was an issue with her and Chanel Ayan, but the moderator did not ask that question at all. And somebody said something and she was like, I can't veer off, you know, the questions um, that were asked. And that was a little annoying. For the Atlanta panel, Drew Sidora was very obviously missing in the lineup, not a one. Not a one mention of where she is. Um, come to find out also, because we also, me and the friends that I went with, went to the Watch What Happens Live taping, and she had a question, I think, about, like, representation, because we're not sure why, like, Family Karma is on pause. Um, we don't know. I mean, they were there. I don't know if Bravo brought them, because they weren't on any panel, except Brian, because he's on Winter House. And... They told her she wasn't allowed to ask the question. Now I'm paraphrasing because I don't want this to get picked up and it's like representation, but it was something to that effect of also where's the Mathers House, uh, Summer House Martha's Vineyard cast, and she wasn't allowed to ask that question. So there was a lot of vetting going on. I mean, maybe it's in reaction to the, well, it was whack, the Reckoning the Vanity Fair article, but. That was interesting. So the panels were kind of moderated, but there were still some good ones. I really enjoyed one that was underrated, which was about like, um, it was Emily Simpson, Gertie, Wendy, just talking about their experiences, Crystal and being a housewife. It was very raw, very real. That's where Gertie told us she was cancer free. And Justin Sivelson and Adrian Bailon hosted that. And they're pros. So that was really good. The Beverly Hills was good because... I felt like Kyle was vulnerable and she's doing the best. I know a lot of people were trying to say like she's hiding stuff. I don't think she is. She's just trying to deal with this very difficult situation. So I don't know. It was fun. It, 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 was, a, it was a good time. As usual, most of the pictures you can get would be at the bazaar. There were a lot of people and most of these people were working hard for their money. Marlo was there from sunup to sundown. By her booth, there were lines there. Sheree had a long line. I was very surprised about that. <laughs> I'm surprised because last year you had to order online from her booth. Everything by she by Sheree was just ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Did she and have anything in stock this time? Could you tell? Yeah, she had some. There were some sweatshirts and things like that. So I don't know if it was just a display. Or if they had to sign up and then get it shipped to them. But everything was marked up over there. I got lunch. I got chicken tenders and fries. And then I got um, the lover boy. That's Kyle from Summer House's Drink. That totaled me at least a little over $40. And that was just kind of ridiculous. For chicken tenders. Chicken <laughs> tenders. Yeah. And this is like, my, my friend got like a, a sweatshirt, the BravoCon or whatever. And it was like. 50 or some dollars but if you go on the shop by bravo website it's like half the cost um i got wendy's candles and it was 50 dollars. so everything was overpriced even sandoval had a booth and was selling sweatshirts and his was like 60 dollars or something it was kind of ridiculous everything was overpriced but i guess it's part of like kind of like when you go to the airport and you pay much higher than you would for regular things that you get at the store. You just realize like you're a BravoCon and it is what it is, but everybody was nice. The workers were also so nice compared to last year where you could ask, where is this? And they'd be like, I don't know, maybe somewhere down there. But this time everybody was friendly. Everybody was smiley. Everybody was nice. Everybody I met 
was pretty nice. Um, I started meeting those uh, Bravo Lips at the airport. I met Austin. I chatted with him. He smelled like alcohol, so I don't know. <laughs> this was like about six o'clock, and he was like talking to me. He asked me what my name was. I told him, and he's like, "Oh, nice to meet you. I'm Austin." And I'm like, "Did you just introduce yourself to me?" And he's like, what am I supposed to do? So I don't know. Met Dolores. She was so nice. She was like, let me get a picture with you in case I don't get to see you tomorrow. BravoCon. Erin from New York was there. And it was just, it really was a good time just being with people who understand everything. Um, But just the Bravoverse. Like the Watch What Happens Life was also so good. But, you know, my only complaint was at the Watch What Happens Life taping, they had... Again, I wish Martha's Vineyard had more representation. I wish they did more for the new shows and the minority shows. And when I say that, I mean Martha's Vineyard. I mean Family Karma. And I mean, honestly, Real Housewives of Dubai. Their panel was on Sunday at 4.30. Everyone's catching their flight back home. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the show that needs more. Like all those other shows, they're set. Like, everyone's going to watch Beverly Hills. Everyone's going to watch Southern Charm. Like, Vanderpump Rules is okay. Like, you know, that they're okay. Like, I think they should use BravoCon to help some of the shows that need um, that. And at the dynamic duos that I went to, they had Jordan and Preston. And the entire time Andy was going through the room, he didn't have, like, a banter quest or conversation with them. And I'm sure they could have used that. And when he talked to Dr. Simone about Married to Medicine, he's like, oh, what season is this? Season eight, nine? And she's like, no, 10. And that was a little annoying because 10 years is a landmark and that's what the marketing is. So, you know, that was the only thing that kind of got on my skin. But I would definitely recommend BravoCon if you're into Bravo and you'd like this experience. It's definitely an experience that I recommend. I'm actually on the Bravo by Bravo um, shopping site now. <laughs> Shop by Bravo. <laughs> yes. They have so much more stuff than they had last year. Last year at BravoCon, they had like a couple t-shirts. It was kind of sad, actually. I did mm-hmm. buy a t-shirt. Um, but this year, they I can tell they have a whole lot more BravoCon stuff. Yeah. And they had it before you left. Because I I don't know if I learned from last year. I still did buy a t-shirt last year, but I bought what I wanted to buy before I went over there. So I wasn't going to buy clothing over there. I was tempted to buy a water bottle. It was so pretty, but I have way too many water bottles. So, Um, oh my God, Chanel Ian suckered me into paying way too much for her um, makeup. But she got me to skip the line. She she was like, just come in. And everyone's looking at me like, I'm like, sorry, she asked me to, so... (laughs) Be real. Were yeah. you were you the only black person in line? Is that why she let you skip? Oh my god! Now that I think about, it, probably I don't know, but in, <laughs> in, in my in the front where I was, I was the only. <laughs> now that you mention it, I didn't think about that. But her husband was the one doing all the work. She's just there smiling and laughing. And then I'm like, how much is this? And then she says, honey, how much is this? And he's the one ringing us up, putting our stuff, taking the pictures. Because I'm not going to stand in line to take a picture with a celebrity. I'm sorry. I I don't know how people were doing that, but I was not going to. I did the photo up, which is the other different thing where you had to sign up and get tickets. And I got Karen and Candice, and they were nice enough to do like a little video um, with me. So, yeah, it really was a fun time. I want to go next year. Good luck to you. 
talk. We'll talk. We got, I got like nine months to convince you to go back, depending on where it is. Depending on where it is. I guess another question I have about food, because I'm like, I've been to Vegas many times, but I've never actually been to a conference in Vegas. So I guess if you're at one of these, like the conference part of Caesar's Palace, you can't just like go to where the restaurants are without it being like a distance. It wasn't at Caesar's Palace. It was at Caesar's Forum. And they also had like a dining area. But the food was terrible. So, but if you walk just across, there's a place called the Promenade. So there's a whole slew of restaurants down there. So like we just went out for lunch. We went to uh, In-N-Out and just got a burger there and then came back in there. So the next day where I bought lunch at the uh, venue, it was just because there was no time in between to go out and come back for the panel. So, and so you can get a good seat. So. Hmm. Okay. All right, planning for next year. Got it. <laughs> well, somebody did ask Andy if it, where it was going to be, and he said he doesn't know, but he really does like the vibe of Vegas. But I don't see how they even go back to New York because it's smaller. And this was really large and accommodated everything. If I had to bet, I would bet that it will be in Vegas again. But who knows? It could be in California. I don't know. But yeah. Okay, so now that we're done with Bravo Liberties, what about our married Liberties? <laughs> I was trying to come up with a name there. Don't know if I can <laughs> really swing that, but I tried. Go ahead. Tell us about Mafsland people. I mean, we could go with Maf Celebrities. There we go, but I don't <laughs> want to give them that much credit. <laughs> That's true. We could walk into a room and everybody be like, who's that? <laughs> um, okay. Um, Kate from the Philly season is engaged. Congratulations to her. Um, Steve and Mindy are still going strong. I can't remember. This should be like a year now or no. I don't know. Time is a construct these days, so I can't remember. Do you think it's been a year? I don't know. I'm just glad that as a hater, I was proven wrong. Um, (laughs) Um, Steve and Jasmina are still good friends because he wished her a happy birthday. And I only say that because I wonder what her relationship is with Noi. I haven't seen her post anything with really any of her castmates except Steve. So I don't know um, what that's about. And Dominique seems to have a new boyfriend because she posted flowers and was like, oh, from Bay in Oklahoma. So I don't know why she had to put his location, but okay. But yeah, that's really all I got. Okay. So the people are being pretty quiet, letting the new cast shine, I guess. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll be right back to talk about this week's episode. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Auto Call on the podcast 
when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's all to call on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we are back. Um, everybody's married, so that's good. Yay. <laughs> Except for Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else is married, and, and we're going to watch a formula for the next little while. So we watch Claire and Cameron are in the car on the way to the hotel, and they seem very happy. Um, Lauren is asking Orion about any, like, weird things he does while sharing space. And he says, like, the rim of the sink, he's not great about clearing it, but he's going to be more conscious. Um, Emily and Brennan talk about what they're going to do that evening, and they say they're going to get to know each other better. I heard sexual innuendos to that statement, but maybe that's just the way I heard it. It's just the way you heard it. (laughs) For reasons I cannot understand, they walk into their room and she's holding a plant. She is. (laughs) She is. I'm like, but why does she have a plant? And I believe that was Becca who had the plant. I I don't know why. Hmm. Interesting. So everybody has rose petals, mostly in the shape of a heart on the bed. Some have red, some have pink. Um, Austin and Becca, they're getting ready for bed. And Austin tells Becca that he likes to sleep on the left side because of a snowboarding injury. Um, And he needs his other side for cuddling. So he needs to sleep on that side. And Austin in an interview says that it feels easy and supernatural. And we see that like, yeah. Becca and Austin are having a good time together. They get, they laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. This might get annoying after a while, you guys. But for now, I'm like, okay, I mean, it's better than laughing than giving each other dirty looks. <laughs> um, her dress has buttons. He tries to help with the dress. He's looking for a paper clip. He ends up using a key. I didn't know you could use a key for those types of buttons, but, you know, he MacGyvered it. To bed, she wears what I would call a Sutton sweater. Because <laughs> it looks like something that Sutton from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills would wear. Um, and she has like a little joke while she's in an interview about how she 
she's wearing a nice sweater, but it's not really like cute pajamas. And then she wonders if she should be even worse and then go up from there. Um, but he tells her that he likes her PJs. For reasons that no one understands, he's wearing a baseball cap. And she tells him, I'm a little confused by the baseball cap. But they're still laughing and they're excited to get to know each other. They tell us that they feel comfortable right off the bat. She tells us that she's going to tell him about her health stuff in the morning. Um, and that they can stay in newlywed bliss for a little while longer. Good choice. It is a good choice because... It is soon enough to where no one can say you were hiding anything, but yeah, wait till tomorrow. I'm fully supportive. Mm -hmm. um, they hug and they kiss and they say, nice meeting you and see tomorrow and every day until we die is what Becca says. And they just laugh <laughs> and go to sleep. <laughs> Lauren and Orion um, get name roses. So they get initials L and O in rose petals. Um, we see them sit down and they choose to their first night as husband and wife. They talk about how weird it is to say husband and wife. He also helps her with her dress. Um, she says that it took three people to get her into the dress and that she loves his tenacity. I was like, oh, we're dropping L-bombs already. Look at that. <laughs> he asks for help untying his hair and she helps him. Orion says that there's a lot of attraction. Um, he likes her PJs. Um, they're really, this show loves them some pink, which I love pink, so it's working for me. So her pajamas are like bright pink. They are cute. Um, he says this in an interview, probably to the question, like, what's going to happen tonight? Um, he says, have you seen my wife? It wouldn't take much convincing. <laughs> so sweet. So they both get in bed, and she says she forgot to tie her hair up. And then he asks if she has any tips for his curly hair. And she's like, have you thought of a bonnet? <laughs> then she goes into her bag, finds two bonnets, one for them each. Um, and they call themselves bonnet buddies. He asks if he can kiss her. She's like, sure. They kiss, they laugh, and they go to bed. So this whole bonnet thing, I mean, it was cute. I'm not saying it wasn't cute. I mean, I also thought, are we sure he's dated a black woman before? Because she asked him if he knew what it was, and he said no. <laughs> I want to say that he, he he said he's never dated inside his race. He didn't necessarily say that those other women were black. I thought he had said I've dated all kinds of... Okay, fair enough. Maybe the all kinds did not include black women, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I just thought in my mind when he said that, I just really thought that he had before. But... um. When they said they're bonnet buddies, I'm like, we cannot go from mom energy to buddies. Like, take everything. Stop, guys. Stop. Just let us not go into the friend zone. I mean, they're not, but I just, for them, I don't want them to be there. So, yeah. You are so worried, I feel like. I think more than I am about their their future prospects to act like a married couple. Uh, yes, I, I I am based on what they've shown us. I'm not as worried because I've seen the previews. That's the only thing. If I hadn't seen the previews, I would be a little concerned. I'll be a lot more concerned. But I'm still concerned now because this is where they build the foundation. And I just don't want them to build that. And then you could, even though they're kissing that way or something. It, it's not far-fetched for someone to be like, I mean, it was there, but something was missing. I'm, I just don't want them to be even 
close to the perimeter of being friends. I just want it off completely off the table. Pure romance. <laughs> or or death. Because <laughs> there's pure romance or they want to kill each other. There's usually yeah. not a great in between. Yeah. I recognize your concerns, but like you said, when you watch the preview, not just the previews, even by the end of the episode, they just don't seem like friend zoned. Yeah. And comparison. Compared to their uh their compatriots here, like <laughs> our next couple, Claire and Cameron, <laughs> they're doing great. So <laughs> Claire and Cameron also dropped the name of the hotel. It's the Thompson Hotel. I looked it up. It's not super expensive, it's a boutique hotel. Um, but it looks nice enough. Um, they don't get initials, they just get a heart of roses. Everybody has these buttons. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is about that store that not a zipper to be found. It's all the same type of button. Um, Cameron makes a joke about this is what they do to tease horny grooms. He put it down. She is not picking it up. She doesn't let him unbutton all the way. And she's like, I'm good. This is as far as it needs to go. I, uh, uh. I was like, I think Claire... If she got the, I don't think she got the signal because I don't think that's how she would have reacted if she got the signal. But I was like, yeah, that wasn't good. Or she got the signal and she's putting a stop to it. Like, whoa, buddy, just stop right there. Yes. I mean, we can't tell. They don't know. We don't know. But I just need Claire to take a deep breath and exhale. She is so <laughs> tense. She's making me nervous. Like, come on, just breathe. <laughs> Cameron says in an interview that he's got a good read of sexual energy and Claire is not exuding any right now. And I was like, you're right. Nada. Um, Claire in an interview says she's been alone for so long that she doesn't know um, how to do this. But um, and she knows that he feels the same way, like this is a little bit weird and different, but she's happy to get cozy if he's OK with that. She says it's in an interview. We see her dress crumpled in the floor of the bathroom. I did not understand. Then they have a whole thing about he wants to shower. Good for him. She says, oh, I'm done. I just need to brush my teeth, but I'll do it when you're done. He's like, no, brush your teeth now. I don't even know if they ended with her brushing her teeth or not, but that whole interaction was just awkward. Awkward as hell. Like... They both don't know where they stand and they're doing like this little dance when all you need to do is open your mouth and speak. Um, depends on what you're going to say. Because in the selfie cam, she says that she's not sure if he's attracted and they haven't discussed cuddling. He comes out after his shower in a robe. <laughs> I, The man does not look sexy in a robe. I mean, it wasn't like an actual robe of his choosing is just a regular hotel robe no who looks sexy in a hotel robe i mean it just looked he didn't look good he had clothes underneath it we found out later that he did have clothes underneath it but i i the whole concept of getting into bed with a robe on i was like i don't get it but okay then we have someone who went to bed in jeans or something who was that i don't i think that was before my time I thought it was recent, actually, but okay. So he lies down. She's lying down, too. They don't cuddle. 
They don't kiss. They say goodnight. And he says something like, oh, I'll start sleeping when you stop talking. She's like, okay, I'll stop talking now. It just felt like really off. It's <laughs> just very, very awkward and just bad. The whole thing was very bad. Mm-hmm. It was painful to watch. So next we run to Brennan and Emily who, it's like whiplash. Like to go from Cameron and Claire to go to Brennan and Emily to go from Becca and Austin, it's like, you're just spinning because everybody's so different. Um, so Brennan and Emily are in bed in their wedding clothes. She also has the button situation. And in a previous interview, we hear her telling the producers or whatever, there's nothing on underneath here. So we see Brennan unbutton what appears to be almost every button, but still keeping it decent for the camera. Uh-huh. Um, he asks if she sleeps nude and she says yes, but she has pajamas for this evening. And she says she's excited to be alone with her husband. And they kiss, and it looks like maybe they do more, and then they basically say goodnight. Yeah, they said they wish, I think she said she wishes the camera would leave. Yeah. And he's like, me too. And then I assume the camera left them alone like they wanted. Yeah, but this was the point where I decided that there was no hidden meaning into the pink PJs, because the first two had pink PJs, and then Lauren didn't, and then Emily didn't. I'm like, okay, there's no signal. Because I've just been trying to figure out what all this pink means. I mean, Kinetic posted something saying hashtag women empowering women. But I'm like, this doesn't make sense. It's also not October anymore for cancer awareness. So, no, Lauren had pink and Becca had pink. And then I guess Claire didn't have pink and Emily didn't have pink. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I like pink. I'm happy to see them in pink. I'm waiting for someone to let us in on the secret, though, (laughs) for at least for after party. So everybody has wedding night. Then the next day, we see everybody again. We get a selfie cam of Orion and Lauren who tell us again that they're bonnet buddies. Emily says she woke up to lots and lots of texts wanting to know about her mystery man. Becca and Austin, he says he has a great, he had a great time yesterday. And she says retweet and he calls her a nerd and they just laugh about how they're both nerds. Claire and Cameron don't have a selfie cam. They just have like a regular cam. And she says she woke up and had to remind herself who he is. Once again, it's like, is there anything bad about what she said? Absolutely not. Is it like, not really what you should say? I don't know. Sometimes I think she's not aware of what she's saying, especially when it comes from someone who doesn't necessarily exude jokey like light lightness so it just comes off wrong why would you tell your new husband i had to remind my like even if you thought it leave it as a thought maybe (laughs) i just feel like if you're gonna be sharing candid thoughts these are not the ones share the ones that will bring you guys closer Mm -hmm. like you need all the help you can get these eight weeks like start on a good note give yourself a chance in an interview, Claire's like, we didn't cuddle. He's not awkward, but the situation is, which I think is true. I don't think Cameron is, well, maybe he's a little bit awkward. They're definitely awkward together. But it's like, they are like a case of the chicken or the egg. Is he feeding off of her energy? Like, what if she was laughing? Like when he said, this is what they do for horny husbands. And maybe she laughed or maybe she made a joke or whatever. Would he have fed off her energy? And 
him saying she's not exuding any sexual energy or anything like that, or is she feeding off of, I don't know what she's feeding off of, but something, you know? Yeah. It's not, I keep on saying it's not good because it's not. So Claire tells an interview, though, that she is in it for the long haul, which is good. That's a good attitude to have, no matter how things are going. Yes, I will say that about the cast so far. They are all here with the attitude that you should have with Married at First Sight. Don't just give up at the like at this stage. Alyssa had said no. So everybody's doing breakfast in bed. Cameron and Claire. She gets avocado toast. There's some orange stuff on top. There's a discussion about whether it's salmon or carrots. Cameron then launches into a thing about his grandma being a World War II spy person, decoder, talking about carrots. I was like, this is going in a very strange direction. But then it went in a good direction. And he tells her that his grandma is a person who he loved most in the world. And she loves him. She's exactly like him. But he also says his grandma has never said, I love you. And you can just see Claire with her background, just like recoiling. Like, how could someone love you and not tell you? I feel the same. (laughs) I mean... I don't know. I don't, it's not so strange to me. Actually, I had a different thought. When I saw her face, I was just like, now is Claire's closeness to her family, is that going to be a problem? Like, is this closeness or is this like over closeness? I don't know. I don't know. You know, Claire then basically uses this opportunity to be like, oh, you're not going to do that to me, are you? It was just really odd to me that she pivoted him telling a story about himself to like basically how is this going to affect me which is definitely part of the getting to know you process but I just once again with Claire I was like wrong time wrong place I completely understand what you're saying because when Cameron told that story of course we're like where is this going when we found out what his destination was I was like okay good on Cameron for sharing that story because you know there was already um, some talk about communication and He's showing or sharing a part of who he is. And I understand her concern, but what she could have asked could have been something like, was it just your grandma? Is it most of your family? Is that where you get it from? Is there someone in your family who is more expressive with words or something, but not, you're not going to do that to me, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Yeah, or even empathy, like how does that affect you? Do you think that something, but yeah, wrong timing. You can always bring that up later. Like, hey, you know, the other day you mentioned that grandma never said it. Did you feel sad? Do you feel like you're missing out on something? But, you know, and then go from there. She basically ends with, I just want you to be open to telling me your feelings. And he says that he's working on being more open every day. So I'll even say that his reaction was pretty good to that conversation but it still felt a little accusatory i'm just remembering how she was like right and then she gives him a look like answer me right now (laughs) the next up is brennan and emily emily tells us that they did not have sex because he wanted to take it slow but she loves waking up next to her new husband and things are only going to get better Aw, someone who doesn't have to remind themselves that they have a husband when they woke up. (laughs) Um, I'm going to just put it on out there. You guys know that I can switch on a dime. 
Finally, this episode four, I'm like, for, I'm, these two are growing on me. I think it's because they started asking questions that I thought married people should ask. They're like, are you a morning person? Um, she's like, I blare music, but I'll put in headphones. I like to like have a lot of music in the morning. They talk about temperatures. She likes the windows open. These questions are more on track to me than whatever, oh, do you drink? What kind of car do you have that we had going before? So I think as a couple, they've always worked. The problem was just like what we knew of them. They weren't exactly the most likable But now as we get to know more of them, it's like, okay, we can see why you guys were matched. For me, it was like the questions that you were just saying, her friends told us that she was selfish, but with everything they ran through, she was willing to compromise. And I'm like, that's a good sign. When they were like, oh, I like you really cold. He's like, okay, we can compromise. She's like, sure. And there was something else that they talked about. And she was like, I don't, oh yeah, the music thing. And she's like, okay, but I could wear my AirPods and all that. I was like, that doesn't sound like a selfish person. They said she only thinks of herself, but she's coming up with solutions. I like that. So he asked for her number, which is ha-ha. Like, oh, you guys got married. You don't have each other's number. So (laughs) they exchanged phones. She put in her name. He put in hubby. I thought that was funny. (laughs) We go to Becca in Austin. Becca says to this man, can I scratch you? And he's like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Their food comes. They talk about he doesn't like pickles. She doesn't like pickles. Mushrooms, olives. Yeah, great. Um, He makes a joke about her not drinking a lot when it comes to martinis because he says he likes an olive in his martini. So we get a little bit more information. She's like, I've had a martini before. Like, I've never had one. Um, And she does take this opportunity to tell him about her surgery. And we get kind of more information that I'm sure was in the matchmaking special. Um, It sounds pretty, it wasn't like a routine I'm going to get in the surgery. It's like, oh, it was supposed to be this thing. Then it turned into this other thing. Then it turned into another thing. And now I'm recovering from that thing. Yeah. And I think if we had watched the matchmaking special, maybe we would have more information. But I mean, you can't diagnose endometriosis unless you have surgery. So I'm wondering if this was the surgery that she had, because she kept saying exploratory surgery. So maybe if this was the one she had, and then they found the adhesions, and then that led to something else, like you said. So Um, But she does explain to him that she probably can't go cliff jumping on their honeymoon, but she normally would go cliff jumping. And all I could think was, that's fine, guys. Second honeymoon. Um, That's what you guys need at the end of this to do to do everything that you couldn't do because you were recovering. She also explains that she has an autoimmune disease um, where her immune system attacks her spine, um, but she gets shots for that. Um, She says she's always been in pain for the last 10 years, which is one of the saddest things. I've ever heard. Um, And when you look at Becca and how she seems to go through life, it is hard to believe that she deals with chronic pain, Um, but she does. Um, And I really don't like that for her. Yeah. I, I want to give kudos to how Austin handled it and it's going to come up later. But my first thought was like, she made it sound easy breezy. But I think, you know, for people who have 
chronic diseases or live with it, you just learn to live with it and it becomes your normal and no one wants to be a burden and all that stuff. But what happens in the actuality of it, like when, you know, if there's a flare up, if there's something happens and there's no way for her to convey that, to be honest, like you can only like when you experience it, that's when he'll fully understand. I, I know there's no way to do it, but I just wondered if she was maybe too light about it, she, but also what is she going to do? <laughs> I don't know if too light's the right word. I knew she was underplaying it even, but I also know that that's also true to her personality. Yeah. Like she wasn't underplaying it to be deceitful. She was underplaying it because that's kind of who she is. No, absolutely. I don't think deceitful at all. I think it's just, um, I don't know how to phrase it. So maybe it's something he has to sit with. Like again, yes. I, I because I can't think of anything else. He probably has to look it up. I think she didn't ask, and then maybe it was edited off. Like she didn't ask him, like, do you know what that is at all? Because if he has no idea what it is, he also doesn't know what the gravity is or what it is or not, or what he is going to get into with her. So yeah, I think it's just probably, but I think the most important thing or the most important goal was like, it's not going to be a case of someone saying that she was hiding it from him. She had that conversation. She gave just enough that he should know about. And then the rest is up to him kind of when he does his own research and if he has any questions and she can answer it. So yeah. And just living with it. Like, you don't know how you're going to react until you have to live with a person who has a chronic disease. Yeah. Um, and so it's almost like she told him what he needed to know. The rest he's going to have to figure out himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked her if she was nervous to tell him. And she says, I was before I knew who you were. And that in past relationships, she felt like a burden, but he's not like that. And I was like, that's interesting that you after less than 24 hours felt comfortable enough to, I mean, the way she said it was like, I know you're not like all those other people. I was like, we all have to hope and pray. <laughs> I don't know how, you know, <laughs> I mean, it happens. Like even with like regular friends, like you meet someone and you're just like, Oh my God, you click with someone so much. So let's just hope it lasts. Of course I'm rooting for them. So then yeah. they kiss. And I thought that was a beautiful way to end the conversation. No, absolutely. Like he just, even if he was freaking out, he didn't even show it. And even in his confessionals, he didn't say anything like, oh, because I feel like I can see previous maths grooves that would be like, I mean, it was a lot to process. I just have to think about it and see what we're getting to, but we'll see. But he was just genuinely sweet about it and didn't think of it as this huge deterrent or like she said, make her feel like she's a burden or something. And all of this I want to give him kudos for. But we had previously talked about whether or not Austin, and sometimes I think even Becca, are actually grown-ups. And there was, a, <laughs> there was a part of me that was like, is this him being really cool and really understanding? Or is this him being a child and not having the maturity to just grasp what all this means? I think it's him being really cool but not understanding how severe it could get. Yeah. Fair but enough. But it's like, 
But it's like being a parent. Like you can hear all the stories, know all the things. You just don't know until you have a kid and they're in your life. That is true. Part of this story is him just living with her and understanding what it means. And he'll get to decide whether he wants to step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. So next up is Lauren and Orion. She tells us that they didn't have sex. They talked about it and it's on the table, but they want to build an intimate foundation before taking it to sex. They too talk about their morning routines. He likes the quiet. She talks about how she's lived alone now for like a year and a half, which I guess in my mind, I'm like, that's not that long. Um, <laughs> Maybe she was leaving. No, she wasn't because she said that. Because I was going to say maybe she lived with her mom. Also, I don't. I was about to say when she was sick, but we don't know. Do we know that her mom was sick? I can't remember. But yeah, I don't even know if we were told. So, okay. They talk about feelings. And she said, sometimes I'm not in a space where I want to talk about my feelings. And he's like, you would just, and then we're going to argue. And he's like, or you could just say that we can not talk about this and revisit it later. Um, and then they shake on it, which is also part of Tane's like campaign of things that are really not cute. <laughs> I'm just like, no, I just love how everyone is so rational when nothing's really happening. And it's just like, who's going to be in a fight when you really need something and you're like, oh no, you need time. I'll just step away for a second. That's not how it works. So it's cute, but yeah. <laughs> it's very cute, but it's also, I mean, if it's called contingency planning, where you know that you can't plan for what's actually going to happen, but it can't hurt to act like you did, to, to maybe try to set some ground rules. It's like vows. We all make promises. Who knows what you're going to do in the actual situation? So at least they're trying. You can't say you didn't know because we've talked about it before. I'll look at that as the silver lining, but it just amuses me. That's all. Lauren asks Orion, so who am I going to brunch with? Because everybody's going to brunch. And he says his mom and his sister, his mom is very protective. And like, sometimes I just really like the way people's minds work. So Orion said, like, leading up to this, I was all nervous about them going and, like, grilling my future wife. But then as we got closer, I was like, no, I really want them to grill my future wife. Like, I need to know. (laughs) Um, And I thought that was quite funny. He's being real. Um, See, this is the part where you're like, has Orion dated a black woman before? Because he says, yeah, be ready for out-of-pocket questions. What that means? Did you see on Twitter where there was a great debate about whether everybody agrees on the definition of out of pocket? Oh no! In business land, out of pocket means like I'm unavailable, <laughs> like I won't be here. Yeah. In colloquialism, out of pocket means like I don't know, egregious or deeply invasive questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it's a it's a versatile word but back to by has he dated a black woman before because I feel like a black woman would have taught him what out of pocket means in this context well we'll find out so after he says they're gonna ask you out of pocket questions she's like so like sex questions he's like no immediately like no they're, they're not gonna be that inappropriate um but 
they're going to take a second and look at you and kind of sit and absorb what you said. I will say Orion is doing a pretty good job of preparing her for this brunch. I don't know why his mama don't say nothing. <laughs> and Lauren's all like, oh, you're a baby. I I just don't really, I don't fool with that. I'm like, but you're a grown ass man. Like you're 27 years old. Okay. <sighs> Um, so Pastor Cal tells us they're all getting to know each other and they're all going to get together for brunches. Some with friends, some with family. Whichever sister Emily has, um, they talk exactly alike. <laughs> um, so Emily, though, goes to brunch with his friends, with his friend Richie and his mom and his dad. Her family asks Brennan, what was your first thought when you like met her? And he's like, oh, she's beautiful. And then her, this is where I'm like, does Emily's friends and family really hate her? Because her sister's like, was her energy too much for you? And he's like, no. You know, I get kind of low energy, so I kind of need somebody like that. <laughs> um, Emily tells his, his friend and his parents she wants to be a great wife. She wants to be nurturing. She does say, like, I'm more career-driven not really sure about being a stay-at-home mom. Um, we go back to her parents and Brennan, and her mom is like, she works late. Um, is that going to be a problem? Like I said, why are these people so against her? And he's just like, we just have to communicate. Like, if she could just let me know that she's going to be late. But, you know, if it happens all the time, I, I think we need to talk about that. Her mom talks about how she loves her job, and she works really hard, and she's really good at it. Good for Emily. Yeah. This is like a part two, an extended version of the friends and family introduction during the vows. And I just don't understand why they wouldn't want to put their loved one with their best foot forward. They're going to find you, out anyways. They're together eight weeks. Why would you help? And I'm not hearing like mitigations or warnings. I'm just hearing like, you know, my relative really sucks. Mm. Like mitigations to me would be like, yeah, she's really into her career. She's a really hard worker. Like, sometimes that can interfere in your personal life. Like, how do you think you guys will handle it? Not like, you know, she works very hard. Like, it, the vibes were off. Yeah. Um, You know I'm not a fan of, like, interrogating. Like, they're already going through something hard. Interrogation is not the way to go. I also under, don't understand questions like, how do you deal with conflict? I mean, however I can in the moment. That's the truth for all people. He tries, though. This Brennan tries. <laughs> His friends say that he's stubborn. His mom is like, he's abrupt. He has a little temper. He gets annoyed when things don't go his way. And you're hearing this, and you're like, does he suck? Or, like, do we all suck? So he's a human being? <laughs> he gets annoyed when things don't go his way? I think we all get annoyed when things don't go our way. I mean, if nothing else, both their friends and family are on the same page. It's a bad page, though. Um, <laughs> his mom and dad. His mom in an interview is like, they're both independent and driven and perfectionist, which is a good quality for work. But at home, it's a definite concern of mine. Her mom is like, so she hasn't been in serious relationships. What do you think? And he's like, it's not like sirens. It's just, you know, flings are different. So there are going to be challenges, but we'll get through it. 
This man is very positive. The problem, not the problem, but an interesting thing about Brennan is that if you listen to his words versus his tone or his face, mm-hmm. there's different messaging. It's just what he's one tone. He's monotone. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. We'll look at the silver lining. It's just like he's not absorbing what they're saying and he's just sticking up for his wife. Like, I don't know what y'all saying. My wife is great. His friend Richie is worried about her past non-relationships. I mean, okay, Richie, I'll give you that. Um, but he says that it sounds like she's at a point where she's ready to settle down and have a husband. So I was like, okay, Richie. Brennan tells her people divorce isn't an option. And her sister says, you're stuck with us because these people are so damn negative. And then he makes a joke about them being stuck with him. Uh, Brennan and Emily did great at their brunches. Like I said, this whole episode is me. Just they're on an upward swing with me. <laughs> they need to escape their nasty ass families and be a happy couple together. That's what they need. Yep. All right, guys, we'll be right back. And we are back. Just to reiterate what Aid has been saying, Keisha giving commentary during the commercials is so dumb to me. Like, I just, <laughs> you're already, we're already stuffed with maps content. We don't need yet another thing again. But anyways, Austin meets Becca's family for brunch. They ask him if he likes his job. And he's like, yeah. His voice goes an octave higher. And they're like, don't worry. Becca's going to inspire you to find a job that you love. And she's going to have your back for anything that you want to do. And how she thrives off doing what she wants. And that's what you do as friends or family. You hype your loved one up. They bring up the health issues And he was like, yeah, the way that she described it is that it's present, but it's a non-issue. And her friends are like, of course, she's going to play it down. Like, you know, for example, she had a surgery during Christmas and she was recovering alone. And I think this is kind of what I was alluding to how, you know, that conversation went was like, again, as she's someone who suffers from chronic pain. You can get used to the pain and get used to that life, but maybe he didn't fully understand the gravity, but we've talked about that. But then I was thinking about if this friend was almost crying, why was she alone? <laughs> the same thought. I said, where were you? What were you doing that your friend was alone? And then I wondered if they just meant alone in the sense, like she doesn't have a partner. But I just, why, like you said, why were you crying? Why were you not there? That was interesting. And I don't know. I just, even if that was the case, like, I know her family's not around. We find out later. But even still, I, I, I don't know. I just thought with the way that she seems to have a solid group of friends, like, I don't think she should have been alone because I think, um, Austin is like, that's so sad that, you know, she had to be by herself. So honestly, in my mind, I was like, she was not there. I mean, her their friends were not there. I mean, maybe they had to go out of town to be with their families during Christmas. So I they couldn't be around. I call my family and say, my friend is having surgery and she's recovering by herself. Sorry, can't make it. They'd be like, okay, I, I'm just, I'm sure that there's more to this story. Um, I hope there's more to the story when they, the word alone can mean many things, but it it was a very, like I was with you. I was very confused. 
Yeah, I mean, it can be, because I even thought, like, so even if our family wasn't there, not even one family member, I had surgery in a town where I did not know people, and my friends rotated to come take care of me each week. So a different person flew in to come take care of me. So I'm very, especially since her friends don't seem like they're assholes. They really seem to care about her. So like you said, I hope there's more to the story. Um, Austin does say that, you know, he's going to look into it, which I think he means like he's going to look into like the um, ailments that she has and learn more about it. And if he needs to, he would love to reach out to um, her friends And that was just so great, honestly. And I like that her friends also were like, you know, we're also your support system. Because I think her friends understand the gravity because they've been living with it for years, but he doesn't yet. So I think that should have clued him in. If she's saying we're also your support system, then he needs to buckle up. For a ride that he's not... that I was... Even the way he presented it to her friends, I was like, oh, gosh. (laughs) And it's not his fault. I think it's, Mm -hmm. you know, a mutual, the way she presented it, him not quite. Like, I wonder if he knows anybody who has a chronic disease. Yeah. Um, And then even if he does, he hasn't had to be, it sounds so dire, not like caretaker, but you're going to be the first point of contact, you know, for this. Um, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I think it's just something he needs to know. It's not something he's had to deal with before. So once he knows and with her friends, I think he'll be fine. You know, I do too. Yeah. If he was like a serious person, then we'd be concerned because that person would be like worrying about so many things. But he seems pretty easygoing. So I think that's where that comes in handy. Um, Her friends are sold by Austin Becca is with his doubting parents and she describes him as an extrovert and they all agree. And she says that she feels like she married herself. His parents have refused to be happy for him because his dad is like, you know, he's worried that, you know, it's a long process to get to know someone and the mom is in the back just nodding vigorously. I'm like, oh my God, just be happy that at least for now, he seems to have gotten a great girl. Like, I don't know. So... His mom is like, last night was great, but reality is going to slap you in the face. I'm like, what is happening right now? (laughs) And then she's like, you know, he's my one and only, and my son's heart is number one, and she's a mama bear. And I'm like, ugh. This reminded me of Miles' mom. I am not a fan of of moms who act like their kids or their sons or their boyfriends. And once there's someone new, they get all weird about it. Like... Your son has decided to get married. You should be happy that, you know, if he meets a partner and this works out, he's going to be with someone that's going to love him and be his partner. What is all this? It just felt like she was marking her territory. That's the tone that I got. Not just marking your territory, but also like warning people, (laughs) being, I don't want to say threatening, but like, oh my gosh, what if you hurt my baby? Like your baby's a grown ass man. And also, even if he didn't do married at first sight, he could be with anyone he's dated for years and they could see hurt your baby, your 29-year-old baby. So <laughs> so Becca gives a sweet speech about giving your heart 
And I really like that she added, like when you're giving someone your heart, that you're trusting them to take care of it. But she said, whether it be friendship or romantic. And I just really like that because as a society, we give so much weight to romantic relationships, but platonic relationships are just as important. So shout out to her for just giving that nod of acknowledgement to friendships. Very true. Um... Claire and Cameron, um, Claire meets Cameron's friends and she tells them that there's potential. Claire's sister, the one who's always talking, there's like a multitude of them, but there's only one who talks all the time, all of them. She just starts asking like a whole bunch of questions. Like, are you going to be with her? Are you attracted to her? Are you whatever? I'm like, this is not a conversation. This is basically an interview. When was your last relationship? He was like, um, he goes off and on with relationships. He's been in a relationship for a year. Then he took a breather. Then he took a relationship. Then they're like, how do we know you're not going to do that to her? He's like, yeah, this one's kind of different. Like, yeah, he's married, guys. Also, like, (laughs) this man doesn't know about eight weeks from now and you're interrogating him about whether he's going to be there in a year. Yeah. What? There's a lot wrong with these people. <laughs> That's why I keep saying, like, again, I don't want the listeners to misunderstand. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be close to your family, but the way uh, Claire's family, we're going to know more about their dynamic, you know, when they have their friends and family, but it's just, there's something about it that's just a lot. So his friends tell her that, you know, he comes off super confident, but you have to know him, that he may come off with a lot of the strong engineering lines. But, you know, he's a sweetheart. And then she asks, is he romantic? I'm like, okay. (laughs) And they were like, they don't know. (laughs) All I heard was, I haven't dated him. I don't know. Why are you asking me that question? (laughs) So um, on the flip side, Cameron is telling them about the whole dance, how he's more affectionate. And then she's more about um, communicating your affections and how they have to do that dance. And they're going to meet in the middle and somehow figure it out. And then we have that one speaking sister who speaks for the whole family. She's standing beside another sister, but that other sister is still not talking. And she has the audacity to tell us that she's overwhelmed. I'm like, with what? <laughs> with interfering in your sister's life. Oh, Lordy. But they'll see how it goes. Um, Lauren is meeting Orion's mom and sister. And the sister is the only one who does the talking because, like I said, Orion's mom does not talk a lot. So his sister asks, what are her intentions? I really hate that question. It's like, they came out married at first sight. What do you think their intentions are? (laughs) To date. (laughs) It's like, when you go for a job interview, what do you see yourself in the next five years? To be alive? I don't know. Don't ask me that question. So, um, Lauren says that she has a lot to offer and she just wants like a loving partner I noticed that her dad didn't make it. I don't know if he'd had enough and had to leave, but he didn't show up. I was actually looking forward to a part two of that conversation. So I wonder what happened. Um, Orion explains to Lauren's family that he had a father who left. And when the father left, it shifted something in him and it made him want to protect his family. And he'll be willing to do that with Lauren. I'm like, okay, that's a good answer, right? That's a good answer. Yeah. And 
the friend is like, well, you're with Lauren. She's a strong, black, independent woman. Like, how does that make you feel? And I was like, what are you really asking? I mean, I know what she's asking, but it's like, <laughs> what is he supposed to say? I feel, I don't know. He says that it makes him feel empowered growing up in a household run by women. So he holds women at a higher regard. That's not what he said yesterday. Yesterday, he was like, I don't, I grew up in uh, matriarchy. I didn't love it. I don't want to be bossed around. I really do not know how we went from that to, I respect women. I hold women in a higher regard. Maybe he learned his lesson from the day before, but I was like, Orion, which is it? Do you want to be, do, do you want the matriarchy or do you, if he would just say like, I want a balance, that would make more sense than anything else we've heard him say. I am not completely sold on Orion because I am sorry. I cannot forget that this is a man who said GERD certificate. I, I'm just, there's something just a little, it's the same way. Who did I complain about last week? Cameron. I think he got my ashes or something. I, I Something about, I'm only right now, I am only sold on Austin, but something about his back and forth. I'm like, are you just saying what you think they want to say? I don't know. Um, Lauren tells them that she wants to mesh their cultures and to feel like, um, their like he wants to be in their relationship and to make him feel like he belongs. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. And the sister said that that is a good answer, especially being biracial. And I'm like, oh God, is this something else we missed in the special? Because I did not know that they were biracial. I thought he was full Native American. I had assumed that he was not full Native American. Oh, okay. Because of how he looks? Yeah. Fair. So I'm, they ask him about, you know, being financially stable. And he says something about he has a check coming in and he can work. And, oh, my God, I am not convinced. This is, I am concerned. I am concerned. It is a yes or no question. When you have a yes or no question that gets you a soliloquy instead of a, a yes and then an explanation or a no and an explanation, you're like, why are you doing so much talking? Remember everybody. And my rules for life, the more you talk, the more you're grifting. And also having a steady check is, is not financially stable. So I'm really, really hoping that he's saying the truth. I just... It's not it's not coming up as 100% true. So I'm side-eyeing Orion right now, but I'm hoping for the best. Um, I'm actually sister- grateful because last week I wasn't sure if he had a regular check. So this week we've learned there is a regular check, which is more than I thought was true last week. Do we believe him, though? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to take him because- at face value. I'm still stuck on the fact of what is he doing because the, he doesn't have a license in um, Denver. So what is he doing? He has a license everywhere, but he has and a he, check. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, his sister gives valuable advice that when he comes back from work, just give him 10 minutes to decompress. Like, don't go immediately that he usually needs to. And Lauren is like, she appreciates that because that's something she's not going to know because she doesn't know him. But now that she knows, especially if it's like she needed something immediately when he comes back from work. So she thanks her for that. But ultimately, it just seemed like a good um, 
brunch meeting. They all do the brunch recap afterwards. Cameron just says he talked to he talked to them about needing to work on their communication. Brennan tells Emily about his family, meeting her family, but he tells her, don't hold back on me. Like, I'm super into you. I'm like, you go, Brennan. Give reassurances. I will not stop saying that. And is it maths if the black woman doesn't braid her hair after brunch for the honeymoon? No, it's not. So Lauren has braided her hair for the honeymoon and she has a scarf over it because she is laying her edges. Lauren was not lying when she told us, I am blackity black black. So we'll see her hair when they get to Mexico. Um, they received their honeymoon baskets and they are headed to the Grand Paladeum in Costa Mujeres Resort in Cancun, Mexico. Lauren and Emily really struggled with saying that. Oh, Becca. <laughs> Becca and Lauren really struggled with saying that. So Emily says to us in the confessional that she thinks they're going to figure each other out in the bedroom more. And they both have their suitcases on the bed, barf. And I see we see Emily and Austin in this Hawaiian shirt. I'm like, I don't know why they got Hawaiian shirts when they're going to Mexico. It's really loud. But Emily's in jeans. And I just wondered if that wasn't uncomfortable for her. I can't say I thought about it. Um, <laughs> I thought that the Hawaiian shirts, I mean, when you've been labeled the kooky couple, Mass will make sure that you have the props to go along with it. So they get fun Hawaiian shirts because they're our fun kooky couple. Yeah. Or maybe everyone has one in their basket, but they didn't actually wear it because they're the non-kooky couples. <laughs> So, um, really randomly, um, I don't know if it was Austin, I think it was Austin, went to go change, and then Becca's like, can I see you naked? <laughs> that just made me laugh. <laughs> but hey, that's how you build intimacy, right? Because we Woody and Amani, they didn't have sex, but they took showers together, and they saw each other naked. So, hey. So, they're about to go on their honeymoon. Cameron says that she needs to get used to his humor. And she's like, no, I find you funny. They can't even agree on if they find each other funny or not. Oh, my God. And I didn't believe her when she said she found me funny. <laughs> That's because she hasn't let her breath out. She's still tense. Um, the couples meet, but for once, not at the airport, but in the hotel lobby. They all meet each other and they all introduce each other. Becca and Austin all hugged up and they give commentary. They say Lauren and Orion seem like they've been together for forever. Like this is their 20th anniversary and they're all laughing and they're all smiles and they're all sitting there and guess who walks in? Bloody Michael. Again. <laughs> they're not done humiliating this man. Humiliating, <laughs> torturing, dragging him out from wherever he could recede quietly to just beat him over the head again with his terrible experience. We are in episode four. This man got dumped and he's still here. So they ask him, where's your wife? And I'm like, oh shit, they don't know. I forgot. <laughs> he gives them an update and Emily's all, I wonder why she did it at the altar. And they asked him if he got a chance to talk to her and if he would want to. He's like, I would entertain it, but I am not entitled to one. It's not something that I would require. I'm like, here we go with Michael and his um, pageant answers, so to speak. He goes, I see this, you know, what happened I see this as the biggest failure that I have experienced personally. And I'm like, 
I mean, I feel bad for him, but I'm just, they've dragged this all out. I'm just over it, kind of. And they all say nice things to him. This is not the end. This journey will make you meet the one. Everything happens for a reason, yada, yada, yada. And then Austin is like, and with that said, we cordially invite you to the honeymoon. And I was ready to fight. I was like, should he be at the honeymoon? Why is this man still on this show? Why is it until he does a confessional and he's like, obviously I'm not going. I was like, oh, it wasn't obvious to me. I didn't. It was not obvious. I was scared. I was like, we apparently have not tortured this man enough. He, you know, this woman really stole from him because he did not get a free vacation to Mexico. But he mm-hmm. did get to meet up with everybody else before they went on their free vacation to Mexico. He got to wave goodbye. You're humiliating this man. <laughs> the other thing that I didn't quite like understand or would like to know more about, when they were discussing her, they never said her name. So I'm like, did they know back then that they didn't want to say her name in discussions? Or did they have to pick up only times when people said her or she and never use their name when discussing her? Yeah, they edited it out. I'm telling you, A, this is why we got this long. They had to re-edit the entire show because there has to be no mention or anything or whatever of her at all. So I think it's I think it's an edit situation. Because that changes the entire story, at least for the first few episodes. So um they're all in the sprinter bus. And they're talking about the honeymoon and who's been to Cancun. And Cameron says they need to be careful and they can't go too far off the reservation. Lauren laughs. And then she says that, oh, Cameron meant to say resort, but he said reservation. And then he looks at Orion and was like, sorry. They're all laughing. And then Orion says, it's okay. Like he can hear ignorance and you're fine. I rewound because I was like, what is happening right now? Because they're all laughing and I'm like, I don't, is this, are they going to be upset? Is there going to be a fight? Because Cameron suddenly looks like he's upset and Claire looks like she's upset, but I'm not sure what's happening because I still see laughter. And then when I rewound, I hear someone say, wow, racist, but I don't know who said it. Exactly. I I did not know who said it either. And I was like, who said it? Who? I don't think it was Orion, Lauren, it or wasn't. Cameron, or Claire. It was one of the other four. Uh, it was a guy. I, my money is on Austin. But they didn't show it. I don't know if they did that on purpose. But I did it rewind twice. And I just couldn't tell who said it. But I'm guessing Austin. So when he said the ignorance thing, somebody must have said something. And then Lauren was like, ignorance is not a bad word. It just means not knowing. And you wouldn't believe it. Cameron says, what about willful ignorance? And they all laugh. And then I just said, okay, if they're not upset, I'm not. But what did you make of this whole scene? The laughing was very off because I felt like Lauren and Orion were calling out the badness of it all, but everybody kept on laughing. Um, And so it was like, we all know that this isn't funny, right? (laughs) Can you explain to those who don't know why using the word reservation is terrible? You know, what I find interesting is I really had to think about, is that something that I would say? 
I feel like when you don't interact a lot with groups, you can get away with a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that, would I, I like? Do you think that's something that you would say? Why did he even use reservation for a resort in Mexico? Because people oh, it- do use it coll- like colloquially. Like people will say, don't go off the reservation or whatever. And I think the part that makes it offensive is that there was a time where literally Native Americans were restricted to only being on the reservation. You could not leave the reservation. So I think that's why it's offensive. But I'm not even 100% sure of that. Does Cameron not like get a pass because he's not American or he's lived here, he's been here, what, 10 years? Long enough to know better? I, You know, come to think of it, I don't know the history of uh, New Zealand and their native people. But, you know, going with worldwide, <laughs> um, what colonizers tend to do, it's probably just as bad, if not worse, than North America's um, history with native people. So, yeah, but he should know. And then I think the other part is, and this came up in After Party, Like I said, I don't think that, I think the way people speak, it would be very easy to say something like that. And it's kind of bad that the only reason you would catch yourself is because there's a Native American person in your presence. And maybe that should make you think more about your language. Um, If you feel like you can say things in front of certain people, but not in like what you consider regular company. All this to say, yeah, it just, yeah. I, I, I also feel like because everybody laughed, how was he supposed to know um, that he was supposed to apologize and be like, oh, my bad. Because he's a grown person, even if they're laughing. I mean, he did say sorry, right? That was what got Lauren to start talking about it. For me, it was just the, yes, everybody was laughing. He should have just been like, truly, really and truly, my bad. Like, I truly didn't mean it that way. That was terrible and all that. It was when he reiterated and goes, what about willful ignorance and then start laughing? That's what truly threw me off. Like, that's not okay. Don't double down because they didn't make a big stink about it, you know? And also, Orion was not laughing. He was. He was? Mm-hmm. Okay. When he was laughing, when he was saying, um, I can hear ignorance, but you are, you're fine. But I have a sneaky suspicion that that's what he's mad about in the previews. Yes. And I'm hoping, because, you know, I'm rooting for them, he's mad, but hopefully he's not mad at Lauren. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's just mad at the situation, as he should be. But that was the other part. I felt like it was, like, a very quick, um, like, accountability measure. Mm-hmm. When he said, oh, ignorance, because... He was actually calling Cameron out, but I feel like it flew over everybody's head Mm. that he was actually calling Cameron out. And then I don't know why Cameron said willful ignorance. He should have just said, nope, that was ignorant. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then he should pull him aside and just be like, hey, man, whatever happened, like I'm really from the bottom of my heart, like just be really apologetic. And I am not saying as even me, as I watched, I was upset. But because they were laughing, I'm like, okay, then I guess it's okay. So I can't imagine them in the van. Everyone like, what, 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 we can't be more offended than Orion. You know, 
So maybe they just laughed and went along. It was just uncomfortable for everyone because, you know, if one thing you can count on Cameron and Claire to do is make you uncomfortable. So I don't know. It was very awkward for me because I was expecting anger or more seriousness. And I just kept seeing laughter and I didn't even know what to do myself. So I, I also think, you know, there's such a thing as bystander and it shouldn't have been. I don't know. The other people on that van could have done something like, hey, Cameron, that really wasn't cool. Somebody. I know, but I think they were kind of wanting to follow Orion's. It, you know how people get, they get all uncomfortable. There's the right thing to do. I'm, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. There's the right thing to do. But sometimes when you're in the moment, you're just like, oh my God, there's a scramble. And I think they were trying to follow Orion and Lauren's lead. And if they're laughing, they didn't want to be the ones to, because if anyone else was, if anyone was going to say something, honestly, I thought it would be Becca. Yeah, that was, I will say the laughing threw everything off because I still, by the end of it, the way Orion said what he said, I was like, I think he is literally calling Cameron out in this moment. But because of the laughing, I wasn't actually sure if anybody was upset. Anyway. So they get to Mexico and they get to their hotel rooms and Cameron mentions, sorry, Claire mentions how Cameron did not help her with her bags and carrying her bags at all at the airport. And Cameron says, I'm sorry, are you not able to? (laughs) (laughs) And on the other hand, it's like, that's really funny. On the other hand, it's like, but I think you might be an asshole. (laughs) And then the thing is, Cameron doesn't stop. He followed up with, you didn't help me with mine. <laughs> and then she's trying to flail because I know and I understand that she kind of feels like she's in the pickle. And she's like, it's common knowledge that you help women with their bags. He said, actually, what I've heard is that it's rude because it's like you're saying they're not capable. I don't think either of them are wrong. <laughs> it's just, it, I think... How do you even say this? I think on one part, it's like, oh, equality. And then you're towing the line with equality and being chivalrous. So where do you where do you go on the line? I don't know. And I think that's where Claire just kind of like, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, what did you think about that? Like, is it setting feminism back? If it's he... setting feminism back, but it's also like, she had a point. I don't know if she expressed it in the best way. Like, if you need help with your bag, open your mouth and say, can you help me with my bag? And then you decide whether or not he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like, as as a person, you know, you could just help without being asked if you're being considerate. If you're, I mean, if you're trying to get, if you're trying to cultivate a relationship with somebody, helping with their bags is the least you could do. They just suffer from not speaking. I don't know if he's into me. Just ask. Are you into me? If you need help with your bags, but also camera. If you just there, you just met your wife. Just you saw her bag was massive. The woman is five foot tall. You have a little mini carry on. Just be like, hey, do you need help with your bags? That you're not gonna die if you ask that question. So she says that she's guessing that he senses that she's independent, but it would be nice. And asking if she needed help would draw him close to her. 
uh, I don't know about all that, but okay. They get into the room and all of a sudden Claire is like, are you angry at me? I feel like you're angry. And Cameron is like, no, what am I going to be angry about? She's like, oh, because I said it about that. And then she veers into, you were running away from me at the airport. But they do show a flashback where he they're boarding and he's all the way down. And she's far away from him. And I'm sorry, that's rude. Like, if you're with your wife, you should be by her side the whole time and be like, hey, are you okay? Are you? Do you need anything? And she was like, but, you know, I told you and you did change and you started, you know, waiting for me anywhere you went. You went. But why do you have to tell your husband to wait for you? <laughs> like, how hard is it to just stand with her? Because I think um, this is going to... They were flying Southwest. Mm-hmm. When you fly Southwest and now a lot of other airlines, you have to self-tag the bags and you go to the line. It looked like he left her before they went to the line to drop off the bags. I have no idea why you wouldn't just stay together for that. Then he left her again when it was time to board. (laughs) It's downright bizarre. Like, you guys are on your honeymoon. Why would you be running away from her? Oh, Cameron. But again, I think I think timing is everything. Like the same way Becca made the decision where she's like, I'm not going to tell him about my medical history today. Or when Brennan was like, um, it's our wedding day. I'm not going to poke about you never being in a relationship. It's your honeymoon. Like now is not the time to just poke, poke, nag, nag or whatever. If there are things that you want, and especially since she's not the best she does not express herself very well so it just comes up as someone who's flailing that's the best way i can describe claire's communication style so um she says oh then she keeps going on and she's like you know especially in this honeymoon as of right now we don't see each other romantically at the moment and cameron gives her this look like have i been matched with an alien <laughs> and the silence and Claire, Claire says her favorite thing, right? Why do you want this man to agree with something that's may just be you? He's like, sure. <laughs> I just, these people are struggling so hard. And he asks, okay, so what's your plan for us to turn this around? She's like, you know, being here, doing things together, that, you know, she doesn't want a case where they're moving together and they haven't even held hands. Once again, Cameron t- tells her, like, you told me you don't like to do that. And then she tried to explain. I was like, yeah, I did. But just because I say something, then she ends with, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Because you're contradicting yourself. Then Cameron tells us in the confessional that he has been asking um, Claire about physical t- t- touch And it's been a hard no. So this is very confusing. And then Claire tells him, just because I'm strong doesn't mean I don't want those things. He's like, I will not advance on someone who doesn't know what they want. Which is fair. I mean, if someone makes it clear their boundaries, no is no. You just stick to what it is. But she continues and was like, it will be nice to feel cared for. And, uh... That's how the episode ends. And I, I do want to know what you think about this whole mixed messaging that Claire is doing right now. You want me to interpret what Claire said? 
I was so confused. And of course, in after party, she tells us more that made me even more confused. She didn't answer it. I'm sorry. I wasn't confused. She just didn't say anything that was close to an answer. I don't understand. Based on their separate interviews, it is quite confusing why Claire and Cameron are off to such a bad start. Um, are they not? Well, we'll find out about attraction and all the other stuff. But she seems like nitpicky and he seems inconsiderate. That's the way I see it. No, you're right. And I, that's where I go the chicken and the egg thing. Is he feeding off her energy? Because from the wedding, he seemed into her, but there seems to be things going on off camera that we don't know about. So it's very confusing. And I hope as time goes on, we get to figure it out. Although I anticipate a he said, she said case with these two. Okay. Yes, that's what's going to be. the. Well, first off, I will say this. And it's in the previews, too. And maybe the previews are misleading, but I've lost hope for Cameron and Claire. <laughs> um, we have four episodes in, and I'm like, they're not going to make it. So, Tane, who has your bouquet this week? I am torn on who to give it to, but I'm just going to give it to Austin. It's not Becca and Austin, just Austin, because he was just a champ. He just said all the nice things. He made her comfortable. And it's really just for the line where he says, um, I'm going to read up on it. And if it's okay, I'll reach out to you guys if I have questions. That just absolutely sold me. And I love that. Who has yours? I'm going to give it to Emily and Brennan. Oh. They just gave me a lot of hope this week. I could totally see them being together for a very, very long time, um, yeah. which is very premature of me. But um, I have a, they just, they started asking the questions that I wish they would ask. They just were very cute. The way they handled those nonsense brunches, that's why they really got my bouquet. Because I think that they're determined to go forward together. <laughs> Who has your burnt ashes? Oh, I'm sorry, but Claire, I don't, you know... My anxiety is already at an all-time high. I don't need it to be higher. And Claire just made me want to hold my breath. So I just want her to relax so I can relax. And also the mixed messaging. And it's just, it's okay, girl. There's eight weeks. Just enjoy the good times. There's still a lot of time to nitpick and do all the things. Just relax. Who has your ashes? I'm going to go with Cameron. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just for fairness, really, because you you gave it to Claire. It's not that hard to like travel with somebody and just do the bare minimum, which we I, I wavered, but the bare minimum, yeah, is picking up your wife's bag and staying with her in the airport and boarding the plane with her on your honeymoon. These are not hard things. I don't know why this man is running away from her. <laughs> um. So yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. He deserves I'm glad you gave it to him. Also doubling down by saying you didn't help me. And also the reservation comment. Yeah, he deserves it. <laughs> um, so guys, that's it for this week. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. Don't forget to check us out on uh, Reality Life with Kate Casey. Um, we talked about Real Housewives of Potomac with her this week and had a great time. 
yeah, we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, we are now available on YouTube if that's your preferred format of listening. Give us a five-star rating if you so desire on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we will see you next week. And don't forget, the episode will be a little later than usual. Bye, guys. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.